Hello, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Plastic Lizard Uncovered, the show where we talk about albums and EPs with the people who know them the best, the artists themselves. This week, I'm joined by Brooklyn-based indie post-punk band Pons as we talk about their EP released August 13th entitled The Pons Estate. The Pons Estate is a noisy, glam-rock-inspired EP that is sure to take you on a wild trip. Join me as I talk to both Sam Cameron and Jack Parker about the EP, what it was like to start growing their band in Vermont, their experiences with working on a music video, and stick around as we get the inside exclusive scoop on how to dress as sharply as Pons themselves. Here's my discussion with Pons about their latest EP, The Pons Estate, here on Plastic Lizard Uncovered. You guys oh. want to introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Sam. I am Jack of the band Pawns. All right. So, so what did you? What are your guys' roles with the band? What did you do on the record? Well, we're both sort of um, jacks of all of all trades <laughs> to some degree. <laughs> um, I did the um, drumming, bass playing, just some random odds and ends, like synth, some bleeps and bloops. Yes. Sound effects, um, like mixing, all that, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The glue. Uh, I did lead vocals and the guitar parts, and yeah, we, the writing is uh, pretty collaborative. So. Oh yeah, Sa- Sam laid down some viola as well. I did lay down some viola yeah. too. Yeah. Can't forget. And that. then we, and then we had um, the. There's somebody who plays with Pawns live, uh, Sebastian. He does auxiliary percussion, so he was doing that on the EP. And we also had this dude, Cam Barnes, play sax on it. But besides the extra percussion, sax, everything is just done between Sam and myself. Not not to like belittle the other guys, but you guys are very much pawns then, or is yeah, that- yeah, because we technically started this project in when we were both still in high high school sure. in North Carolina, and we were just playing as a two piece for like a while. And ended up adding Seb to the lineup because we wanted more drums. <laughs> the uh, the songwriting is is done between me and Sam. What would the goal of Pons be? Like, what's your not not your end goal, but like, mm-hmm. what type of music do you pursue to make, or like, what 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 do you want to express through the music of of Pons? We definitely don't want to be uh, pigeonholed or like right to one like specific area, and that's kind of always been an mo. Because 
some of the most interesting like projects and like any medium to me is like someone who like showcases like everything they can do. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think there's the aspect of just constantly pushing forward and sort of pushing like against ourselves and against what we've previously done and always trying to like just constant forward movement, constant change, constantly trying to evolve and progress. And then on top of that, I would say that like a broader, less sort of um, heady goal is to just get to a place where we can tour full time and that just sort of be the thing. (laughs) Yeah, I would say those are the two main sort of focuses that we have. Have you guys felt pigeonholed already? Because I mean, you guys are kind of, you know, a new, like a newer band. When people hear you play, are they like, oh, we only expect this one thing? Because I was pleasantly surprised on the EP. Like I said, you guys have like two halves of the EP where you're like, the first half is very much like, oh, this is what what I expect from Ponds. Mm -hmm. But then the second half is just this like, really interesting weird i don't know like electro punk (laughs) stuff like it's cool yeah yeah definitely i mean i would say at this point i when i guess we haven't we haven't really been pigeonholed to this point but i think you know we've also made like an effort to for that not to be the case Mm -hmm. so i don't know how much is us trying to make that not happen and how much is people just not pigeonholing us i mean we definitely still get a lot of people just sort of being like oh this is punk rock and i'm always mm. just like eh. yeah but yeah. i would say that's kind of the closest it gets to us being pigeonholed at least at this point but i always do see the risk like being there yeah yeah for me it's more just like not pigeonhole but there's like always like after a show or something someone who like comes up and it's like you sound like like oh. this and this and it's like oh like it's like thanks i like i've never listened to either of those yeah yeah and then there's also just like the the aspect of we just don't want to recross any tracks we've already drawn like there's mm-hmm. no desire in any part of me to make another intellect or another pawns estate it's always just sort of you know we have the vision we have the idea we carry it out and then it's sort of on to some next hopefully distinctly different <laughs> project you guys constantly want to move forward yeah Not, yeah because yeah. we even we hardly play old material live pretty much it's like it's kind of all it's almost always been like unreleased stuff yeah I and mean, that's just sort of the way we've always operated we definitely go back to a few a few staples of our live set like a no squid or for the most part it's we're always trying to cut our teeth and like all new stuff and just sort of push ourselves that's got to be a little weird for the for like the audience member. Like you never oh, know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, at this point, I feel like I feel like that's more of something we would run into at a later point. Because I mean, at this right. point, there are definitely pockets of um, fans and like certain like in Burlington, Vermont, um, like Jersey, Rhode Island, places like that where people like know us. We're, st- we're still sort of new enough to the scene. I feel like that there are not many expectations. Like even if some people in the audience know the music, it's probably only going to be a handful of people at this point or know it well enough to be like, oh, I wish they played blank. At least right now, there isn't too much pressure even to play the old stuff, you know? And also it's like, it's always been a really good way to sort of judge the newer stuff we're doing and just sort of like work out the kinks it's like definitely part of the songwriting process like playing things live and just seeing how that's received 
you guys haven't had like audience members go like cold on you. Like you, you haven't had any like stories of bad gigs. Oh, have you? oh yeah. we have some, have <laughs> we had some bad gigs? Yeah. Definitely like some of the more like preppy Massachusetts like audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to like, not to like, anyone out. Oh yeah. There's like, I definitely think in the Northeast, there are like pockets of like, um, like pop punk and emo are definitely both like super big, like genres up here. And we've definitely been thrown onto a couple of bills. We definitely should not <laughs> have been on uh, in terms of like, just sort of sticking out like a sore thumb. Like we've never been like ever getting like hostile or anything. It's not like we've had a crowd like totally turn on us at least yet, but uh, it's more like, uh, like you can tell the vibe is like a lot of, a lot of gaping mouths, you know, a lot of people just sort of standing there like, but that in a way can be just as fun as like an audience getting like super high. I, I like thoroughly enjoy like catching a room of people super off guard if they like truly have no idea what to expect. And it's like definitely very satisfying sometimes like the shock value of it all. Yeah, that's kind of weird to me. I thought that people going to those types of shows would be a lot more open-minded in a way than, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I think there's definitely just a um, an aspect of sort of just trying to get a feel for what, like, we're about, what's going on. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times what will happen is, like, the first, like, if the audience completely doesn't know us, the first, like, three or four songs will be a little, you know, people will be kind of like, okay, like, what's up? Like, what am I supposed to do? But then, like, as the set progresses, people get super into it once they have. It just, it's, like, weird. It's, like, I'm watching people, like, just try to figure out what's going on in real time, especially when we play with Sebastian, because, like, when we're setting up, it's they just see one guitarist set up yeah. and two drummers, and people are always like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it just depends on, like, the energy of the room, mm-hmm. too, because the pot, like, you know, it might be, like, a Wednesday night, like, <laughs> some bar. It's going to be the same energy as a house show on, like, Saturday. Yeah, so I think some people just aren't ready for the the energy. Yeah, and especially it's like something we're so used to at this point because um, you know, like we we have all the love in the world for Burlington, but like it mm. is like like jam band city, you know, and so it's um they're probably still like trying to capitalize on the whole fish craze or whatever. Oh right? my god, there there are literally venues <laughs> there that like if you're not a jam band, like you can't book like a Friday or like Saturday night. Yeah, so it's like running in that kind of crap. But generally, on that audience has been like pretty receptive to us, especially like sometimes we'll structure our sets sort of where they're like aren't really any breaks and songs sort of all flow together and whatnot. And so I definitely think that somewhere in there, there is a similar appeal (laughs) to a jam band, even if we've like taken that concept and sort of like mutilated it beyond recognition and taped it back together and presented it to the audience. But it's definitely there, (laughs) I would say. I think, yeah, I think you guys flip like your the style bodes very well to those types of um to those types of audiences because you kind of you do kind of throw people into this like pit of fire right but you give mm-hmm. but you also give them something to like grasp onto mm-hmm. which i think is super cool like super i don't know you guys are just super talented i have i have a lot of awe for you but yeah i appreciate it yeah, yeah. i definitely feel like especially burlington which is kind of like a 
like it, like interesting place like people are like more like people are accepting of projects that try to kind of step out of boundaries yeah like if if anywhere so like figure out what we wanted this project to be like burlington was a great place because i mean we started in north carolina and there are definitely like cities like pockets of like super awesome scenes in north carolina yeah. uh but like specifically where we were it was like super conservative like stifling environment and it was like it's like we wouldn't even have the breathing room to even like get as weird as we want to get or try like some ideas that are sort of out there um but Burlington just in terms of the kind of people who all flock there it was definitely yeah like Sam was saying receptive to just people doing weird shit <laughs> well before I started like following you guys or or before I covered you guys mm -hmm. I never you know I didn't really know that Burlington or that like Vermont was kind of like a more not uh more accepting pocket the only yeah, two things yeah. i knew about vermont is like bernie sanders and ben and jerry's but yeah, other than yeah. that i mean that's probably what a lot of people no, say exactly. but yeah it's a very like distinct culture like yeah Vermonter it's is very distinct yeah because that's kind of the same with me like before we moved up there i really had i mean vermont like to, to yeah to someone like completely not knowing i, I just thought it was probably going to be a bunch of like hicks you know because it's like <laughs> right totally like random you know one of like the least populated states like and and i will say like once you get outside of burlington it is like extremely rural but burlington definitely just ha like has a, a weird culture it's just like so small it's like such a small state so few people like burlington is the biggest city and it has like forty thousand people or something like that yeah, i was gonna so say like yeah. something like that yeah yeah it's like a very it's like such a small pocket of just this like weird college town from like the university of vermont and champlain college and stuff like that and then yeah like super prevalent hippie culture I, it was yeah it's a, it's a weird place it's a very yeah. weird place yeah so let's talk about the Pons estate then. Um, what what did you guys kind of want to achieve on this EP going into it? You guys, you know, had had a pretty pretty out there uh, LP in 2020 with in intellect. What did you guys want to do coming into this year? Well, I think firstly, like the Pons estate, we kind of always had this idea of this house and how like how it like showcases like many different uh aspects of like an idea the pond estate is kind of like each song expresses like a certain vibe like within that song but we wanted it all to fit cohesively into an ep as well we've always liked the uh ep format too yeah yeah i will say that too ep criminally underrated way to release music yeah because yeah like sam was saying we had this like metaphor this idea of sort of your of this ep almost being this tour through this house this like long lost relic that you're sort of just like finding and as you're being taken through it you're getting all these different sounds and vibes thrown at you because Johnny Persuasion and Leland both have sort of a similar vibe just because of the electronic stuff. Mm -hmm. But other than that, most of the songs sort of, like Sam was saying, have different vibes, yet all sort of exist in the same world. And so it wasn't like 
with intellect or with like a full length album, it's a, it's a whole thing because we're super, it's like with an album, I don't think like we're super serious about trying to create like a very cohesive feel. And what I like about EPs is that you can sort of explore some sort of vibe or some sort of atmosphere or idea. And it's like, you don't have to drop like a year of your life into it. So it was, and a lot of this, this is, this material is so old. That's the other thing. We've been sitting on this material for a really long time. Most of it was written when we were recording Intellect or a little bit before. At that point, we had the idea of what we wanted to do for the next Pawns full length. We had these songs and some loose ideas sort of left over, not like necessarily left over, but things that didn't necessarily fit on intellect or weren't really completely done by the time that we finished intellect. We definitely wanted to find some way to, to package all these ideas together and uh, ship them out <laughs> because we were tired of sitting on them. <laughs> I think we also wanted to do something kind of glammy. Mm -hmm. Like that was like kind of, that was one of the ideas early on. We, and like the promo we've been doing for Leland and uh, Pons Estate, like we kind of tried to put forward that, that imagery more. Yeah, that was always the idea going into it. We were like, okay, this is gonna be like our glam rock EP. Glam music has always been, it's definitely like part of the Pons DNA. Like it's always gonna be there, but we definitely wanted to hone in on that that just whole world of music a little bit and like really sort of like channel those influences a little bit more and also it was an effort to sort of even though it might be kind of like might not make much sense after listening to it but it was like we were trying to like slightly strip things back a little bit like intellect was very um maximalist approach in terms of every song is just like crammed with like wall to wall with just like effects and noise and <laughs> infinite layers. And so this was like, okay, like maybe we just record like two or three or four guitar tracks for this song and not like 10, you know, <laughs> like, so that was also um, some, some sort of sonic separation from what we did before. I feel like. Sure. I guess it sounds like to me, the the record still sounds pretty, pretty noisy. So I guess it's yeah, it's yeah. interesting to hear like, oh, yeah, this is us like stripping it back. And like most yeah, bands, yeah. this would be like for most bands, this would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to, you know, try to crank as much stuff onto this yeah. one. But <laughs> I, I think that's really how you guys think. And that's that's super cool. So talking about this, like the, the overall concept, this house, it's like, is it like decrepit? Like kind of, cause immediately I get like a Edgar Allan Poe type vibe. Like what's the, what what's the one, the one novel or not novel, the one story about the, the party and then like the different rooms and there's a black room oh, and a yeah, red room. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it's called. I, yeah, I need to read more, but yeah. yeah. No, that's definitely like pretty, pretty on with sort of the vibe that we were going for because like with the art of the EP, it's this super regal oil painting of us like in these, this regal attire, some like Versailles looking background. And um, 
Yeah, so we were definitely sort of going for like, in terms of, I guess in terms of what I visualize, it's definitely that super old, regal, regal vibe. Um, some like 1800s, like 1700s, I don't even know. I like, I, I gotta, I gotta brush up on my history, but um, yeah, like I definitely, I definitely agree with Jack and look at it as, I guess Edgar Allan Poe, if you look, if you look at like uh, how that could gothic aesthetic could be in like a glammy like way, but then also this, um, yeah, because this bright green like cover standing out, like there's a lot of grass and our outfits. Uh, we w- So we wanted it to be like, not as like dark as like a Edgar Allan Poe, but like that like decadence i guess yeah that's a good way to put it like yeah because it is it is super super flashy and in your face like the whole ep kind of is and but we definitely have that sort of gothic influence we've already we've always been super inspired by goth music and and just like gothic imagery and stuff like that and so it is sort of like a balancing act of trying to combine like how a lot of goth music and gothic culture is like obsessed with that super old ancient almost uh aesthetic sort of just combine that with yeah like definitely a brighter more vibrant experience than intellect i would say intellect Mm -hmm. is more um more brooding i would say in terms of the way i don't know you know i don't know how people perceive it but i guess like to me i would assume that intellect would be perceived more as a brooding experience from a listener perspective than the ponza state would yeah i i think so by uh being an outsider myself uh from the music yeah i i would i would say you're right on the money on that i mean hmm. again you know this better than i do because you're you you're the guys who made who made it but yeah i think you guys talked a little bit about how you went to you went to uh, Oregon to record this. So, um, well, that was actually to record something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. We we, we can't yeah. talk about that type uh, of that, thing. That, that's some big big secrets. Big secrets uh, yeah, oh, yeah, but, very oh. by the way. We've been sitting on this for a long time. I think okay. I feel like I finished mixing Ponds Estate. I want to say summer twenty twenty. Okay. And so like we were we we had this big recording session for intellect in like January 2020. And that was when we wrote Inbound and Hunga Hunga. And so those were sort of that was like written during these intellect sessions. And then Johnny Persuasion and Leland even predate that. Those were made in 2019 at some point i don't know exactly when i mean honestly seven eight like seven eight nine and bardo were sort of written around that sort of winter 2020 winter 2019 um time period as well so yeah and since we were doing everything ourselves like in terms of recording and mixing and stuff it took a while but yeah got done mixing it like summer 2020 didn't want to release because we still hadn't even released um intellect at that point i guess it's like weird to think about so retrospectively, but yeah. So we were like, just sort of slated this way for the future because we wanted to have proper space in between intellect and this. And also we didn't really want to release another project during COVID. Like yeah. what, you know, one, one was enough or 
inflect in the live album. You guys are super like I just want to say you guys I mean what you had you had intellect you had that live album you put out you have this you have your other projects you guys are like super prolific in like how you do things like yeah how... <laughs> oh sorry to cut you off I'm oh sorry. no you're good I was gonna say that's always from from the beginning that was something that we wanted to sort of do mm-hmm. it wasn't necessary and that's also just sort of been like it's just sort of us trying to keep up with the rate at which we have been finishing projects because we've been for a while, probably since intellect, we've been very far ahead of what we have recorded, like what we've been sitting on. And in terms of like where we are in our release process, it's always been sort of a thing where we're like, Oh dang, we're going to have to wait like a year to (laughs) release this. But it's honestly like less stressful doing things that way. I would hate like finishing a project, finishing an album and being like, oh, like, so we have to write the next project now? Cool. Like, oh crap, like <laughs> that sounds super overwhelming. So I-, I like being, finishing one thing and being like, oh, here's this next thing that we were sort of working on. And that's also like, you know, we're big fans of Ty Siegel and VOCs and groups like that. And so, I feel like that's already just been sort of like normalized to some degree. Yeah, to they me. they have huge catalogs. Too. Yeah, like yeah, every single week always... there's a new OCs record. It's oh, insane. oh my god, yeah. That see that that's a, like a little mo- like what they've been doing recently is like a little much. That, yeah, that's it's really too much of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you don't cross that line, I do like enjoy it. Like like Ty Siegel's release schedule of like. He hasn't released anything in a while, but I, I definitely have always like liked that because I'm like, oh, the next album is just like a year around the corner. I don't even have to wait that long. Yeah. And we at least kind of like thematically have like a general long term plan of like where we want to go. And so it's like when one thing's done, it's like on to the next. There's another there's like always another thing to do. So yeah, we yeah. Have, like, keep the rate like fast and on especially like kind of in recent years i think artists have gotten like kind of i mean there's obviously big artists where they can sit for five years and like you won't get out but like you kind of have to like keep it like pumping yeah exactly it's like for us it's like if we don't release music every six months or whatever it's like hard to like maintain relevancy in a way it's definitely also a way to especially at the diy level where it's not like we have some team of promoters and publicists like doing a bunch of work for us we have to keep our our name in people's minds and so the easiest way is just to keep releasing music (laughs) and also yeah like sam was saying there is this long-term narrative that we've had for Pawns for a while in terms of the thematic evolution of the music, like the discography. That plan has been in place for like a while and we're still just like hitting the marks. So that definitely informs whatever we do next. It's almost like predetermined in a way. Yeah, I I feel like especially right now navigating the world of 
like just music for 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 the little guy like you know like you like a lot of the other yeah. people i you know i usually talk to on this uh on this podcast and on my blog i i don't even know how you guys would do it because it's so there are so many different crevices to look at and yeah, yeah it just seems really overwhelming so oh definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's always just been the best way for us to get the word out has just been shows. So that's yeah. that's always what we've been trying to do is just play as many shows as we physically can. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, that's just been so far that has been the most successful promotion technique, so to speak, I guess. You guys kind of touched on how you uh, how how you write songs and how you have this, you know, this backlog of ideas for for this particular project. But do you want to talk about more about like just the songwriting the the songwriting process what what usually works best for for you guys anyways we definitely rehearse like a lot and how we're kind of saying earlier jack was saying earlier about like testing things out at shows is like a great way but kind of in this covid year when we didn't have shows I mean, I guess we kind of wrote Pawns Estate before all of that, but it was getting close. And then by the time we got into actual releasing. Yeah, I mean, I know for like the elect Johnny uh Johnny Persuasion and Leland, Jack does like uh the electronics for that. And then we would add in like supplementary live uh instrumentation later. But I don't know. That's definitely a very collaborative back and forth and kind of building on ideas that one of us has like started and like getting it to be a pawn song. Yeah, the most successful thing we've had so far is literally just me and Sam in a room. One of us has the idea and it just goes from there. Usually that's how it goes. But yeah, like Sam was saying, the electronic songs are a little different where all I'll figure that out. Sam will provide lyrics and guitar and whatnot to those. But yeah, in terms of the um, songs that are more based around live instrumentation, it will generally just be Sam or myself bringing in some sort of some sort of idea sometimes pretty fully formed sometimes literally just one part and we'll just sort of build it from scratch or or not but like just build it up from there and another thing we do a lot of the time is honestly we have the song name before the song is written or before most of the, a lot of times it's before any of the song is written but sometimes we'll just have like a part and an idea for a name and we'll be like oh this kind of sounds like it would be that song and then we just sort of construct the rest of the song around whatever that vibe would be i mean there's like countless songs have been done that way like no squid um that's like one that we had that name before any of that song i'm pretty sure same deal with jimmy two time a lot of yeah i don't know why it's something is easy like writing to the name of like a song because um i don't know i don't know something's just yeah. like about that it's easier to hone in on like a vibe because you know the the name of a song to me is like a like image on like a book cover like yeah. like it's just as important as like the album cover it's like give gives a vibe across and you know sometimes we'll be like oh you know i want a super 
needly like nagging song and like that just pairs well with like like certain name it definitely it definitely depends on what like the situation is but yeah i would say generally it's it's just me and sam just bouncing off of each other and just sort of the snowball effect and creating some sort of frankenstein by the end of whatever we are attempting to do. And it's, uh, you know, it never turns out the way that we actually think it like will, but. Um... <laughs> it's kind of like, I find your process like, like throwing, like throwing two, a couple words in a blender and seeing what comes out. Making, yeah, yeah. making a music smoothie. I hate that I just said that. No, but... no, that's a good, that's a, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we talked a little bit about the themes and obsessions on this EP. There are, there are uh, moments of glam rock there. You know, we, we have the imagery of, you know, this 1800s, uh, style kind of high living sort of house, a little, maybe a little decrepit now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have the other, the rooms and whatnot. Um, what are some, are, are there any other things that kind of went into this album? Like any other obsessions or themes that, that you guys want people to know about or? Do you want it to be open-ended? Yeah, I was less, um, I would say it's less necessarily thematically or narratively focused as mm -hmm. some of our other stuff is and more about building a specific atmosphere for each song and that sort of being the experience. Like the, the way we were coming at it thematically was as opposed to some of the other stuff that's more conceptual, like, yeah, just sort of like, crafting these individual vibes and just having these songs exist in that space for two, three minutes, however long it is, you know? But yeah, I don't know, because Sam does all the lyrics, so I know he can... Yeah, I definitely, for this particular uh, project, felt... I, I appreciate uh, crypticness. I think uh, Jack definitely agrees with me and, like, imagery and like songs definitely and i we we felt this one didn't need like a super narrative it's kind of like the song like jack was saying the atmosphere speaks for itself and lyrically i kind of wanted like that to just pertain to like the specific song and you know that there'll be like you know there might be a like specific theme like within a song like Johnny Persuasion being about like a manipulator or something like that. Seven, eight, nine was pretty inspired by uh, Nosferatu, the vampire, the Werner Herzog version. Just like 
uh, like individual tidbits like that. That that is interesting. Like that you guys are able again. You're kind of taking on some of that uh the the more gothic imagery in in mm-hmm. in this way. That's 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 cool to hear. I kind of had to make it sink in again. We we kind of talked about how I'm not a fan of like touch points or you're not a fan of like oh you guys sound like this but i think it would be interesting to know like what what are some what are some groups that you kind of get inspired by because you guys seem to be inspired by kind of that late 70s you know punk and and new wave type stuff i i hear a lot of that in your sounds so. yeah yeah well i would say it's hard. We, uh, we have, like, honestly, there's so many influences coming in from, like, so many different places. I definitely think that, yeah, like, we've already, like, sort of touched on, like, the, the all that sort of glam rock stuff. Like, obviously, Bowie, like, Brian Eno's pre-ambient stuff. Early Lumber era. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But then there's also, like, I would say over the past two years or so i got really into no wave and that whole scene i think that's definitely influenced my writing a little bit like just the absolute well on one hand there's like the noise and like the abrasiveness and like repetition and stuff like that and then on the other hand there's just like the general ethos of the deconstruction of like a pop song or a typical rock song and sort of trying to do that and i guess like we don't go like necessarily all the way in terms of the way that that stuff is, uh, you know, in terms of like some band like DNA or something where it's actually like so noisy and abrasive, but we try to incorporate influences of that, like absolute just total nihilism into the stuff that we make. And then there are other, there are other, I would say this release, like the Stooges influence through a little bit more than like previous previously yeah like lust for life iggy pop that yeah that whole big one and then there's all the electronic stuff which is like it's like a whole other thing but like crystal castles lcd sound system groups like that really into just like we're super into that like super groovy rhythmic post-punk like you were saying that's sort of like late 70s early 80s kind of stuff like liquid liquid it's another big one for us or even something like like a television mm-hmm. um yeah a whole cbgb scene yeah. just yeah super rigid rhythmic post-punk public image i've been I've been listening to a fair bit of public image recently like flowers of romance that album yeah definitely, yeah so i would yeah definitely like late 70s early 80s new york a lot of it just seems like new york too because you were even talking about like lcd sound system and stuff who were like one of my favorite just because i you know when i was a kid like that was like holy crap where is that and then i learned you know i learned about like oh wait this has been going on for a long time but i still love lcd sound systems yeah oh yeah it's like one of the best definitely we're super into that early 2000s sort of like whatever you call it revival like the strokes you know lcd Mm. sound system and also all that stuff that was happening in the uk like that time like arctic monkeys and stuff like that that's like definitely in our dna in terms of the stuff that we write so and that's where i think it comes to like an interesting uh crossroads that's at some points where we're trying to sort of combine that sort of like melodic sort of indie rock type songwriting with more experimental or abrasive sort of noisy noise rock no wave influences 
hopefully not alienating both groups of people <laughs> at the same time. No, I think your guys' sound is a is a good mix of the two. And I, you know, I also hate when people are like, oh, this sounds too formulaic or whatever. Like, oh, this sounds too much like the like the late 70s punk movement or, or whatever. Like, I, I think that I just hate gatekeeping in general. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I like that you guys kind of are able to, again, it's that stupid analogy I made to the to the music smoothie. Music smoothie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely what it is. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. So we talked we talked about how this, you know, this EP has kind of the differing the differing sort of rooms. Um it feels to me anyway, like there are very much two halves to the record. The the back half is this electro punk kind of dance punky mm-hmm. uh, feel, and the the beginning, the first three tracks are sort of like you know this is this is the ponds of old in a way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree. I think that the back half. Well, I guess there there was never a like a a preconceived idea to make something like that sort of happen. I would say that sort of came out more of us just looking at that group of songs and being like, what is the most cohesive way that we could group these together? Like what makes the most sense? And that just sort of naturally, cause like inbound, that really couldn't have gone anywhere but the beginning of that, just cause of how, just cause of the nature of that song. also like we knew we wanted hunga hunga at the end as well So it was just sort of a process of filling in the gaps. But I, I do I, I do definitely understand like like viewing it in that sort of like way in terms of like the old like the first half being sort of the like some sort of post intellect. Continuation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But and I it's not like we're necessarily going in like a more electronic direction. We're definitely going like we were sort of saying with like always pushing forward, always moving forward, it's definitely just going to get more experimental. You know, we're always trying to push ourselves as musicians in terms of like the technicality of the music that we're playing and in terms of just like songwriters, you know, like, you know, not wanting to do what we've already done. So the future material is definitely more more experimental, I'd say. I would say the, the release that we have after Hans Estate is a split with another band. And there are definitely and that thing's also like a total like anomaly <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. So it's it's you know, it like that's the thing. I think the most consistent thing about Hans is that 
it's always going to be changing. And so in terms of like what we're going for. So that was just sort of, yeah, like there isn't, it's like, it's not necessarily um, foreshadowing anything, but it also isn't necessarily not foreshadowing anything. <laughs> So in other words, you're saying we can expect your next uh, your next record to be like a bluegrass uh, sort of. Yeah, maybe. Oh, no, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down yeah. for it. No. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about Leland specifically, because that's uh, that's kind of, I guess, the uh, maybe the song you're pushing right now. Uh, yeah. Right. Like right now, as we're recording this uh this podcast obviously it'll be out you know to mm -hmm. the world when 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 your ep's out but uh you made you made the music video for leland with a uh i guess pretty well-known uh production company um and it's highly inspired by like twin peaks so was that something you guys wanted to do or was that like hey you know this like was was that more of the video the video production company being like yeah this is what we want because I guess there are some sort of similarities to the song and, and Twin Peaks. So I'd be yeah, curious yeah. to hear about yeah. that. We're, we're big Twin Peaks and uh, specifically Firewalk With Me mm. uh, fans. And um, I connected with Harrison Jr., the star of the music video. And they were kind of, they heard intellect and were down to do like a vision that we had and even though they're LA based and we couldn't be in it, they would try their best to make it happen. And the the themes like kind of the song and uh, Leland Palmer uh, as a character kind of just like we wanted it to be cryptic, but it, the influence like is there if you're a fan, I think like you can see it. Yeah, yeah. Lazy Eye was really good with um, working with us, like in terms of like working with the idea that we had for it and then sort of being like, OK, that's cool, but that's not like possible. So let's do this thing that's more like <laughs> more like reasonable because we came at them with a bunch of like way out there shit that, you know, but there was like there was like yeah. a very long process of like a back and forth between us and Lazy Eye. And they were like super down to just sort of see our vision through within like the confines of what they can actually do being like a relatively Cause like the, the actual uh, production crew is relatively small. So we were sort of working within those confines, but yeah, like they basically just heard intellect and were like super chill, super down to make something happen. And Leland just sort of, sort of called out to be the one, you know, because like, like Sam was sort of saying, the, the lyrics are very directly Twin Peaks inspired. And so we were like, okay, this is something we can sort of work with, you know, sort of alluding towards Twin Peaks without, like the last thing we wanted to do was to like shove it down people's throats. Like this song is about Twin Peaks, you know, like <laughs> that was like the biggest thing we were trying to avoid. Right. So basically it was just like, how can we sort of, you know, aside from like the lyrics being about Leland Palmer, how can we sort of like, imply that this is about Twin Peaks without being super obnoxious about it. So that's where like, you know, like the font at the beginning of the video is the Twin Peaks font, like right. Leland 
being the name, you know, talking about. And then within the lyrics, there are several allusions to to the show and to Firewalk with me. But um, we really just, we, we had this idea of, um, because there are two brothers working working at Lazy Eye and they um, they look like relatively similar, like, like facially and also in terms of like, just like their build. And so we had this idea of these, like some character, some sort of doppelganger character, like main character is totally slipping into insanity, sort of uh, a David Lynch-esque dreamlike state, you know? So there was definitely, we had a lot of, of, of touchstones that we were going back to with that music video in terms of what we wanted, in terms of like the David Lynch vibe, in terms yeah. of the actual story that we were sort of going off of. I oh, think yeah. a lot of a lot of bands have specifically wrote songs about Twin Peaks. Yeah. So we wanted to kind of do a different take on it than um than others. Yeah, it was like we can't be just like another like, oh here's our here we're a band. Here's our song about Twin Peaks. Like, like you know, there was definitely like we we're running the risk of being super cringy. So it was like a balancing act. Like yeah, like we were saying, we just we wanted a song about Leland Palmer, but we didn't want to like be annoying at the same time. <laughs> super happy with the way that it turned out like it, it was cool because that was our that was our first music video um so it was super cool to be able to work with people who like really knew what they were doing in terms of actually filming stuff and people who had like access to right. nice cameras and stuff like that well, when you when you first sent it to me i was like blown away because i this isn't this isn't a knock to you but i thought your first your first yeah. music video would be like super diy and kind yeah, of like a little gritty but like you send me this amazing, <laughs> like, it looks expensive. Like, yeah, it really, yeah. it really does. But like, it's, it was super good. Working with Lazy Eye must have went, must have went well then. And uh, oh, would yeah, you, would yeah. you, would you guys recommend doing that to like a, to a smaller band who, you know, is trying to come up? Because I'm yeah. sure it, I'm sure it's getting you a lot more like listens and, and views and whatnot yeah. so it definitely helped push leland which was nice and I, yeah i mean i would personally definitely recommend it as long as it's one of those situations where it can be really good or really terrible like depending on who you're working with because i see like an alternate reality where we tried to do this with people and i mean i guess it sort of depends as well of how much creative control you're willing to give up for us at least it we probably wouldn't have been very down if it was something we had to like compromise sort of like our vision on yeah. so it's really awesome that they were like super for sort of like whatever kind of wacky ideas that we wanted to try even though we didn't really know quite even what we were talking about in terms of film <laughs> but um you know they, they they at least humored us and um i feel like our our vision was very much um taken in consideration carson who uh edited 
the video we had seen like his previous work and knew that he was talented capable and yeah like jack said you know sometimes good to keep things uh in-house you know just as like kind of like a like neurotic about these type of things you know it's like you don't want to like trust someone with something and then they like bungle it but like uh we knew like going into it with like these dudes especially just from like seeing what they like post and conversing about like our interests that they were like they 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 kind of knew where we were coming from and were down to like work with our ideas yeah yeah we're like in we just like happened to be into like a ton of the same shit like a ton of like similar bands and um movies and stuff like that and so it was definitely super easy to sort of explain the vibe that we wanted and what we were going for but yeah i mean we're 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 currently working on a more like diy music video so we'll see how that pans out but yeah we're definitely like what we're working on now it's definitely the more gritty more early pc like early like computer like uh, yeah you know just yeah like, yeah totally like manic sort of gritty vibe yeah definitely we definitely want to get it more into doing that stuff because like i mean if i could do something like that for like every song you know i would but we're you know realistically it's like if we want to keep having video accompaniment to songs we're gonna have to take the reins ourselves so we're trying to get our get our video chops video chops up a little bit (laughs) yeah the the visuals are have always been super important to us um, yeah yeah it's always been like, like lovers of lovers of like movies and uh like album covers and like album imagery and just yeah. everything like surrounding yeah it's like literally as important as the actual music is for us like mm-hmm. the visual whatever whatever imagery is is surrounding it i would say at least for me it is like i don't know there's some i mean don't get me wrong like i think of like a band like girl band it's like one of my favorite bands you know and they don't really it's like they don't really have like a like an image you know but i still love them but i most bands that i love and that i feel like really leave an impression are ones that like very much tie the music to whatever image and that's because like sam like one of the biggest touchstones for both sam and myself is my chemical romance just sort of from the era we grew up in (laughs) and we were like super super into albums like three cheers and black parade and that's probably where I even got like the first exposure to combining that level of theatricality Mm. and that level of like glam and image basically just like making like a movie roll out like yeah like a like I mean uh my chem and like Jardway always had that comic like influence and like like that like lore and like the fact that there could be something deeper but you don't necessarily see it that's always appealed to me yeah it's like so intriguing some sort of like uh yeah exactly some sort of lore or some sort of like mythical unknown like element to it like the crypticness it's we've always been super drawn to that where sort of 
like the lost art of the the rock star, you know, for better or for worse. Like, like, it, it, there was the a point in the two thousands where it, it po- post strokes, you know, where anything like gaudy or like in your face was sort of seen as like cringe. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I sort of feel like things are coming back around. Uh, I kind of hope they are. But and I mean, obviously, like I said earlier, strokes are like one of my favorite bands like ever as well but like i definitely have always leaned more towards the uh the flashy aspect of music than the more like laid back apathetic sort of presentation like i picture like the the classic like the the classic like just guy with a guitar glasses like yeah singing about his like I don't know his feelings or whatever, yeah, which is cool, yeah. but, we, but no, I got that. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, we, you know, we just, we don't want to be like flannel. We don't want to be flannel band, like flannel and jean band, you know, it's like, yeah, like graphic tee. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's like great. You know, it's like not to knock that. I also think that a lot of that has to do with what genre, what genre you're working within. But just for us personally, we know that we don't want that works for a lot of people, you know? So yeah. shit, maybe, maybe, Maybe we should just start wearing <laughs> flannels and, uh, and jeans and singing about ex-girlfriends, but that's so for, that's for album three. That's what okay, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's what that will be. Yeah, we're coming out with <laughs> No, I and I also wanna say, I mean, this is gonna be in the podcast form, but like your guys' style on your like profile pictures and stuff. Oh man, I am so envious because like right now Jack's like wearing this like polka dot like blouse type thing <laughs> with uh with like a chain you know chain necklace sam's got his uh like black black sunglasses on like these guys i don't know i i'm very jealous of your style <laughs> no i appreciate it there was definitely a point where it like crossed from like where it crossed from like music to like just like my like actual life where it was like there was like a there was like an in-between where i would just sort of dress like uh, try to dress provocatively uh, at shows but then at a certain point i just kind of started <laughs> like going out like that and i got it yeah so just gotta make it gotta live up to the dress code you know yeah, i gotta blur the lines yeah i was i was gonna ask if like you like dress like that all the time now or if it's yeah yeah like pretty a, much i mean like to some, cool. degree, to some degree it's like we're living in new york now so it's like i'm partially there's definitely like an element of like i don't want to like walk out looking like a crazy person and have some dude on the street like get in my face like just because i look like flamboyant or something like that it's because that's like an actual like definitely like a viable like concern here but um yeah i've just been sort of balancing that with like what i want to wear you know it's definitely like you know don't want to get punched in the face (laughs) on the street but you know I also want to want to sort of push my push my fashion. So yeah, it's all tied into the the whole image. How we yeah yeah yeah. I I want to get more into fashion myself, but that's that's not that's not for right now. Yeah. What are some what are some tips? What do you guys usually look for? We we have a few like golden rules like turtlenecks. Oh yeah, always great. Um, can't go wrong. Suit. Yeah. Yeah. Suits like. The checkered suits are frequent for us. Yeah. Um, like interesting sunglasses. I have these Unibeam, like uh, side yeah, yeah. glasses. 
Oh yeah, I've seen those ones on like your press photos. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, I feel like it's also been so dependent of where I am geographically because like some places like like in Burlington, which I feel like is like honestly kind of surprising. Like thrift store scene up there is like not good. It was like not easy yeah. to find like cheap like cool clothes, but here in New York, it's been like crazy yeah so that's been awesome and it was like decent in north carolina as well like there's this band the garden that like we've always been we've always been pretty into and um they're like their style is like insane and i feel i saw them when i was like 15 or something like that i was like holy shit like i have to <laughs> i have to step up my game like these yeah. guys these guys look great. Like, so. Or we saw Foxygen too, and um, Sam France, like, coming out and, like, a huge suit cast on his arm. Like, real thin. Yeah. Like, looking, like, super dressed to the nines, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Like, an impact. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like, that, that's, like, always stayed with me. And so, and then there's also just, like, the random, like, style icons, like, 70s era Donald Sutherland. Like that—that's always like one of one of my touchstones, at least. He's always looking great. God damn, that dude! Don't know how he does it, but yes, <laughs> yeah. It's more so like the barrier with the fashion stuff is more so just like me personally getting over with me just being like a constantly violently like anxious person. It's just like okay, like gonna go outside wearing this, like, and it's gonna be okay. <laughs> it's like kind of like the main hurdle for me to get over. I feel like it's probably like that with a lot of people too, though, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a confidence booster. Like, I feel like it's like, ner like nerve wracking, but then I don't know, there, there's something about walking around in like a pink suit in New York that feels like kind of powerful. I don't know. Dress well, test well. Yeah. No, my, yeah, my problem, again, I am that anxious kid. So it's like, no, it's like, oh man, it's so hard for me. I, I got into, you know, I got into looking like looking cool early on. Not, I mean, like in college or whatever, I would go yeah. thrifting and stuff. The thrift scene here is not really popping either because uh -huh. I think it's a college town thing, honestly, like, yeah, there's yeah. not much, but yeah, no, I, uh, but now it's just like, I'm back into the, uh, just like, uh, whatever, I'll, mm -hmm. whatever will suffice, but yeah. 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 No, I feel that. It's uh, like, yeah. It's definitely a battle with like, just being like an anxiety ridden person. I like, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Like every time I go out, I'm like freaking out to some degree, but yeah. Definitely. One of these days I won't be though. That's the magic of it. I think I'm getting there too, but uh, I don't know. So in close, uh, what, I guess, what are your biggest takeaways for like the whole recording process and like how, how this, how this EP came, came out? What are some things you'll be doing differently and what are some things that you've learned from, from this process, I guess? For me, I, I definitely, at least from like the recording standpoint, I'm like not completely sure on how much recording we're going to be doing DIY moving forward, you know, I feel like we're sort of at like a transition point to some degree to take it back, like however long ago, you know, like, like I, I briefly brought up that split that we have coming out in the future. That was also self-recorded, but um, yeah, for me, it was, it was still more of like a less is more type thing where I just have to constantly battle my like urges as like, uh, like the producer or whatever to like, not just 
throw like everything in there and that and that I can sort of get the same amount of like brutality um out of less and it might be it might open up my mixes a little bit more but yeah I don't know in terms of that I feel like this was this was like an interesting interesting release I feel like in the grander scheme of of pawns because it wasn't like like we're usually coming at things with such like a, a a clear thematic like goal and this like didn't like necessarily have as much of that in terms of like an overarching narrative of the of the project and so i mean i don't know it was like it was just like a it was definitely a fun process to just be like yeah we got these like batch of, of songs and we're just gonna record it and put it out you know and that's like and that's what i love about the ep is mm. like, like i was saying it's like we can explore some sort of some sort of sound some experience without it being like a full year six months or you know, you know however long an album takes to to make it's like less of a commitment but similar rewards so yeah i mean i basically like agree with jack if for me as like like writing like lyrics and then with guitar parts like it was like trying like trying out certain aspects of like music i love that like we hadn't really explored yet and um i don't know it's kind of like going forward i mean there's always like another idea to do and like like i said we kind of have this plan but it was like nice to get that kind of like mystery box like method like out of the tank yeah i mean we recorded it during like the brunt of summer so like i'll remember being in like my room like do another take another take so that 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 i mean but that's every project so like to piggyback on some of that there definitely was like a process of being like there are these aspects of like this like glam music that we love that we've never actually tried to incorporate into our own material like overtly and so it was like a cool exercise to sort of do that like what comes to mind is like the bridge of like bardo when it gets like almost like symphonic with like viola and a bunch of harmonized guitar lines and stuff like that and just sort of like trying to make everything more grand and more more flashy more flamboyant Because like, I feel like we we had self-imposed limitations to like, like previously, I don't think we would have tried something like, like that bridge of Bardo just because it's like, oh, we're recording DIY. Like, how are we going to get like all these like, like a layered like string part to like a song that just sounds like this like rigmarole to go through. But we definitely had like the just sort of were like i don't know just sort of said fuck it (laughs) like let's try it definitely very pleased with the results so that's like another thing is like just a lot of like our limitations are just are just mental and that like if you actually put your mind to it you can bring it into the physical world so what's what's next for pawns what have you got slated for like this uh this summer this late summer um well what do you got going on uh, uh shows on shows got a lot of shows yeah. coming up in the next 
six months. So that's exciting. We're just like, we're trying to just get back on the um, schedule of, of playing um, every week. Yeah. And since we just moved to Brooklyn, we want to make uh, oppression pretty quickly too. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's like, we're trying to get our foot in the door of this, of this New York scene. And so basically the the plan is to just play, try to play a ton in New York and, and just like the Northeast. We're playing our uh, EP release show in Asheville, North Carolina mm-hmm. with uh, Greg Cartwright, who is in um, like Oblivions and Raining Sound. So that's going to be super sick, like super pumped for that show we got like a little like a three three or four day like little like weekender type thing like when the weekend the ep comes out so that'll be um that'll be fun yeah all in all in north carolina then or yeah three shows in north carolina yeah it's really more of just and we and we have this split we're gonna put out um in the fall and then we have um big old things coming for early 2022 so yeah, I mean, it's just like now that now that COVID is seemingly coming to a close and hopefully won't completely become a mess again when the yeah. ball hits. Yeah, I know, right? It's kind of scary. But like, uh, you know, if everything goes according to plan, we're just going to get back on the train that we were sort of on in 2019 that we unfortunately got <laughs> thrown off of for a little Derailed, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah because we were on the road. Yeah, exactly. We were supposed to, because like spring and summer 2020, we're supposed to be like, we had so much stuff lined up that just like completely fell through for obvious reasons. So we're just trying to get back on our feet. And it's hard now because like, A, yeah, no idea what venues are still open. Like no idea what bands are still open. And then C, like the venues that are still open, it's just like, a mad dash to like get a date like right now between like everyone who's actually gigging at least that's what it feels like so we're just sort of in the mix right now trying to book out the rest like basically through like january right now so all right so in the meantime where can people find you on on are you guys active on like facebook instagram want to plug anything else oh yeah (laughs) facebook ponds instagram at ponds the band ponds underscore the underscore band you know we're on streaming services spotify bandcamp apple music got some stuff on soundcloud pretty much everywhere you could want to find us um got some merch we're we're like we we ran out of large t-shirts but we're we're doing we're doing we're getting some the next couple weeks so we'll have more of that and then instagram yeah just follow us and maybe maybe you can catch us at a show maybe we'll be playing someplace near you if you're in the northeast (laughs) so all right perfect and i just wanted to say if you look them up on uh facebook you got to do some other things because there's another band called ponds from like bastards yeah Yeah. from like boston or something yeah those guys yeah they they, in case they're listening to this i won't throw any shade on them but oh uh, no if they i will throw shade if the if if these if the false if the if i see the false ponds they will be they will be sorry let it be one and only yeah one and only they don't know who they're fucking with. Maybe the you guys should can be our our kin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Over for us would Pons be Junior. Yeah, Pons yeah. Junior. We can pass the torch. Like when we're when we're super old and like like withered, we get like this like band of like young 
young lads to like become pawns like when we die like you guys should like make like one of those like really cheesy like uh like the voice or american idol type shows but like put it on like some <laughs> yeah, yeah. some like community tv station at like oh, 1 a.m yeah. yeah we like audition like the next pawns and we're like super yeah like super mean to them when they like, like go full gordon ramsay yeah or like what was that dude's name simon Simon, Simon Cowell. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, that guy. One of the OG assholes. <laughs> oh, like one of the first people in like my memory. Yeah, of that genre of host. Like, yeah, to my little boy brain, one of the first mean, mean men I was exposed to. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think this is as good a place as any to uh, to finish it up. I just want to cool. say th- a massive thanks to you, both you guys, for coming on and uh yeah, talking a little bit about your EP. So I appreciate it. Yeah, massive thanks to you. Yeah, wow. thanks for having us on. This was this was great. Yeah, seriously, this was awesome. Oh, yeah, I don't think Pons Estate comes out August 13th. I don't think I even... Oh, yeah, we didn't even that. say that. I just want to give a quick update on when we recorded this. We recorded this in mid-July when the Delta variant definitely was a thing, but um, it wasn't as, I guess, as strong or as alarming as it is now. Um, so some of the stuff when it's when we're talking about the gigs and stuff, obviously the future of gigs, they're still happening. But um, just be prepared to, you know, show your a vaccine card. Um, I think that's how it is over in New York where they're based right now. It's different in other parts of the United States. Just, you know, if you're going out to a pond show or if you're going to a show in general, just be prepared, do research, um, and just stay safe and have fun. A huge thanks goes out to Sam and Jack of the band Ponds for taking the time out of their days and talking about the EP with me. As mentioned before, you can go check out their music wherever you stream or listen to music and follow them on social media. If you want to stay up to date with me and the blog, just go to PlasticLizard.com. Any emails can be sent to me via the contact page on that site or you can email me directly with questions, comments, at PlasticLizardReviews at gmail.com. PlasticLizardReviews, all one word, at gmail.com. I'm working on social media for both of my blog and my podcast for the time being, but right now I'm only on Twitter sporadically. It's at lizard underscore plastic over there. Be sure to check one of the bands out that was mentioned in this episode. I would give a shout out if you're going to do that to Liquid Liquid. I've been listening to them this week and I... I really dig that stuff. This has been Michael Bless on Plastic Lizard Uncovered. We'll see you next week where we're going to talk about another record. In the meantime, take care, stay safe. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 